So, Keith, my name's Sarah Dove, and Hi. I'm um, one of the volunteers um, doing doing these interviews. And today's date is Monday, the thirty first of August. First of all, just tell me your name and where you were born. Yeah, okay. I'm uh, I'm Keith Walker. I was born just north of London, uh, a place called Hemel Hempstead. So you're at Hemel Hempstead. That's a long way from Inverness. Is it Inverness <laughs> that you're based now? Yeah, well, Bewley, in fact, yeah. Oh, Bewley, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and uh, I would have been, been up here since, I think it's 2006. Okay. So, a while now. Yeah. Years, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so do you want to tell me just a bit about your kind of work background, your professional mm. background, what you what you started off doing. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> well, when I started off working in IT, which has got no, no great relevance all right. at all. Um, but um, in it's about 2008, I moved into uh, health policy. I was working for Highland Council at the time. And I had a, a voluntary sector background in mental health um, through Samaritans. I've been involved with Samaritans for uh, 25 years or thereabouts. And that, that was the experience I brought into that role. Uh, and a large part of the work I was doing there was about mental well-being and mental health improvement. And particularly with a focus on suicide prevention, which is the link to the Samaritans work. Um, and um, quite early on in, in that role, I had a phone call from Lee Nifton from Mental Health Foundation telling me all about the Mental Health Arts Festival and would I be interested in getting involved with putting on a programme of events for the festival in the Highlands. So that was really my first involvement in the arts and mental health. Uh, so that was 2009, I think, and I've been involved with, with the, the art, Mental Health Arts Festival up in the Highlands ever since. Um, and through that I met um, a couple of people, uh, Carrie Marshall and Chris King, who had this idea. They, they did a lot of puppetry work and uh, uh, have a, 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 um, sort of a, a background in mental health and social care. And they had this idea of setting up a social enterprise which became Creativity and Care. And so alongside the, uh, the Mental Health Arts Festival work, I've also been involved with Creativity and Care since about 2012. And there we use the creative process to engage with people in all sorts of different ways and for all sorts of different reasons. But a large part of it is about uh, care settings, dementia care, mental well-being, community cohesion, those kind of things. So that's, that's kind of the overview, if you like, of it. Yeah. Okay. Sounds, it sounds really fascinating, the, you know, just the, the, how it's evolved and, and setting up a social mm. enterprise in that way. Has that had its mm. challenges? Oh, it certainly has its challenges. Um, funding is, is, is always the big challenge. Uh, you know, we, uh, we're largely grant funded, so we get funded to put programmes on. Uh, and we occasionally get commissioned to run courses about using the creativity uh, for well-being 
or uh, creative dementia care courses, that sort of thing. Um, but it's difficult to fundraise for something like that to the general public because we're not a charity. We're, mm-hmm. we're a limited company and a social enterprise. Um, so this, all the core funding we need to keep the organisation going is really difficult to find. And we, we sort of lurch from uh, one financial crisis to the next, really, um, and hoping along the way to be able to deliver worthwhile programmes, which, I mean, the feedback we get is fantastic. So we know that we're hitting the spot with quite a lot of people. Yeah. Where does your funding come from? Um, a variety of sources. Um, some mental health charities like Birchwood Highland, for example, commission us to do work with their um, their beneficiaries. Uh, we get some from High Life Highland, which is a, um, a sort of arm's length organisation which does the uh, the leisure and community education work for Highland Council. We get commissioned for programmes through them. We had some work through NHS Highland and we're we're hopeful of getting more and that's working with their care home staff. We also run courses, you know, to the public. So we advertise them and people pay for places on our creative dementia care courses as well. So uh, a variety of sources. So occasionally we'll get a trust funding. we, that seems to reach us rather than us reaching it. Our, our reputation sort of gets out there and people who are interested, sort of philanthropic organisations who are interested in supporting that kind of work, occasionally get in touch with us. And uh, I mean, in one, one memorable case, they just said, OK, we're going to give you this money. You just tell us afterwards what you used it for, <laughs> which was That's nice. kind of marvellous. It's yeah. the, the sort of fun ones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, just to get a bit of an idea of how you go about, um, you know, initiating a project and targeting um, groups, you know, to, to participants to take part. Obviously, they're quite, I've, I've looked on your website and they're quite different, the, the, the types of projects that you're doing. But um, do you kind of start uh, off with a, a, an idea? How do, where do the ideas come from? Yeah, we start off not so much with an idea, but with a with a, a need that we've identified, or an, or somebody who's come to us with a need. We we try to do is work with people and help them to generate their own ideas about what they want to achieve. So we might um, an example might be um, wanting to to work with uh, residents of a couple of care homes who wanted to use creativity to engage with their communities. Um, and that's, that's, that's where we started from. So what we, we, we do a little bit of work to sort of build the trust and the empathy with people and then help them to identify the theme that they want to use. I mean, in one project, for example, it was uh, uh, a couple of care homes in, in Invergordon and they ended up doing some work looking at some of the history of the town, uh, how it's grown over the, over the decades and you know, going back about 100 years. And we ended up putting on a uh, performance. Um, the, the, the first performance was actually Eden Court, which was quite a memorable evening. Um, you know, people actually getting up on stage and, and in a place where they'll see professional shows being put on. Uh, and we then put the you know, took the number of community settings around and about as well, 
And it was really about them identifying the story they wanted to tell and then helping them to tell it creatively. And along the way, engaging them in, you know, the, you know, the original you know, purpose was to engage them with the community and create these kind of bonds with the community. Uh, and, you know, we had participants who are residents in the home, some people with dementia, some people with quite advanced dementia, and just, you know, members of the community who were interested in the project and joined in. And they, I mean, when you, when you watch the performance at you know, the end product, you wouldn't have known who was who. You know which which people were from which background, and uh, that was that was really empowering for everybody concerned. Yeah, I can imagine. That sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah just just having some, that. Some other projects might start with a more. Sorry, go on. No, it's okay. Oh, There's a bit of a delay, Keith. It's fine. Just carry on. Start with a bit of a delay. Some projects might start with a more. Um, more of an idea from us, for example, we've got a, a series of projects we run called Creative Brains, where we, we form kind of uh, models of, of the head with the top missing and, and, and people come along to a workshop to create into the brain creatively uh, and and again you know the content comes from them um the support to to depict it creatively comes from us so sometimes we have the, the kernel of an idea that we build on sometimes within the first example i gave um there's just a need to do something and use creativity to achieve it so yeah, we, we we try to to be led by the participants rather than to lead them. That's that's really what it comes down to. Absolutely. So, the feedback that you get from the participants has that been that must sort of drive further projects as well. And well, it, well, it does. Yeah, it it I mean it. it it drives us to keep going for one thing um, because the feedback tells us that we're achieving what we want to achieve. Um, and sometimes we'll be, you know, we'll have a group of participants who really want to do something else with us. And we'll then actively go out and try and find the funding to do that. Uh, and we've had a number of groups who we keep coming back to and, and you know, carrying on work with them whenever we can get the funding to do it. And, you know, occasionally we'll do a bit of direct fundraising as we, um, a couple of, a uh, couple of our people did a, a sponsored walk of the Great Glen Way, for example, just to raise some money to do another project with, with uh, one of the care homes we were working with, you know, it's, uh, you know, the, that's the, you know, the enthusiasm that people bring to our projects and the feedback we get from them inspires us to do that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the the audiences that you're that you're reaching, um, you've mentioned groups mm. of people with dementia. What are the other types mm. of groups of, of people that you you're working with? Yeah, we we, we have people who uh, a lot of the work we've done with Birchwood Highland uh, is for people in their residential settings who are people with severe mental health issues so they, mm -hmm. they, they've gone into their recovery centre in Inverness and some of their day centres around the Highlands. Um, there are a couple of other um, um, sort of day centres for people with mental health difficulties up in Cape Ness that we've worked with. 
Um, and um, we've worked with uh, you know, communities with issues to deal with. I mean, there was one project we were commissioned by Scottish government to do some work on uh, on sectarianism, which we we turned around into uh, into some positives about sort of uh, you know, positive engagement rather than negative engagement, that kind of thing. Mm. So it's, it's quite a variety of, of audiences. Mm. I would say that the the two um, sort of main themes of the groups we engage with are either. Um, people with mental health difficulties or people with dementia mm -hmm. or people in care settings more generally perhaps. Mm -hmm. And how it, it's it's probably more um, it, you know further in the past with places like Craig Deneen closing mm -hmm. but the impact yeah. of institutions like that closing on mental mm -hmm. health and and you know these people yeah. who've been institutionalized living in the community now have you felt mm. that um you know the impact of that and the, and how these people are yeah managing we, we actually did a, it was a, a project that we did as part of the mental health arts festival uh around about 2011 2012-ish um, Carrie Marshall, one of the people who started Creativity in Care, managed to get access to Craig Delane after it had closed, but before it was cleared, and managed to get a lot of materials out, um, the, the artifacts and, and the like out. So we put up a, an exhibition at it, um, set up a mock-up of the rooms that, that somebody would have stayed in at the Craig. Mm. Uh, and we also used the, the story of one particular uh, patient there. Um, Angus McPhee. Angus McPhee, who uh, he was not the, the weaver of grass. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you know the story, but he, he yeah. was there for a long time. He didn't really communicate in any other way. So, so that was the theme for the, for the exhibition. And one of the things that, that kind of an unexpected outcome, we really, we really wanted the story, people to engage with his story and to understand some of the issues around the closure of Craig Denain and the lives that people went on to live after it closed, some of the issues they faced in that. But what we found was people were coming into the exhibition who'd been there, um, both people who were staff at the hospital and people who were patients there and started to tell their stories. And, they, and a lot of cases, these stories were ones that had never been heard before because only by now had enough time passed for them to feel able to tell them. Um, so we've actually got um, recordings of quite a lot of those conversations we've never had the time to do any work with. But uh, we, um, we managed to shine some new light on, on the, on the Agnes McPhee story because some of the people remembered him. And some of the legends around him were kind of debunked as well. That you know, one of the legends was he never spoke to anybody. He only, you know, wove his, his clothing and, and the like out of grass. But actually, he did speak. He just didn't speak very much. He was mm. a, a fairly kind of uh, you know, softly spoken, rarely spoken person. So you know, we we managed to to get some conversations going that had never been had before which felt really powerful to us at the time. Just thinking back on it, it still feels really powerful that, you know, we've managed to facilitate 
something that, that until that point had been which was talking about people's personalities at the crime. Yeah. Um, no, I've been fascinated by Angus McPhee. I think it's a it's a really interesting story mm. and you know how yeah. how um you know the the sort of mental health aspect of it as well where he he was somebody I I presume probably had post traumatic stress disorder and mm -hmm. um, um and I think schizophrenia as well but whether or not somebody like him uh, now would, uh, you know, in, you know, I'm sure it, well, there's not the institutions now similar to that, but how right. he um, would have coped now and, and you know, if that work would have come well, about or not. Would is these days he would get a, yeah, you would hope these days he would get a good deal more support in the earlier Absolutely. part of his life and perhaps not be put into the situations that that caused the sort of the, the advanced illness that he, that he moved on to yeah. um you know sort of the, uh, the the service he had during the war perhaps he would never have joined up in the first place but absolutely. you know social pressures back then were very different weren't they yes absolutely <laughs> Yeah. yeah there's a, an interesting one we we managed to get hold of a couple of boots um, and the, these were big, um, about, about, I don't know, two foot long, something like that, these mm -hmm. big boots that he'd woven. Uh, and it was via his niece, I think, that, you know, that, that we managed to get hold of them. So we put them in the exhibition, and they're now on permanent show in South Uist at the, uh, the museum oh, there, brilliant. which was uh, it's a nice kind of a permanent mm -hmm. uh, outcome of, of that exhibition. Yeah. Mm, that's nice. Um, okay, I'm just wondering, I'm just thinking to what you said there, Keith, about um, intervention earlier on, and you know, that's obviously a big focus just now mm. for all health strategies and things, we're talking mm -hmm. about prevention and early intervention. Mm -hmm. is, that, is that something that you've, um, you know, tried to target with, with children at all? Working with children? Not really, we, don't, we haven't done much work with children, no. One thing we did do, this is not so much from creativity and care, but with the mental health artists, we, we a couple of times had touring plays which were targeted at school-aged children, just raising for discussion incidents mm. around... Um, um, you know, bullying and self-harm and such like. So we, we took those plays, they, they were already touring schools in the Highlands, so we managed to get um, public performances of those plays as well, so mm. that we could engage a wider audience in those issues. Um, but most of our work, and almost all of our work, is targeted at adults. Mm. Yeah. And the work that you've done with the NHS, has that been through um, therapists or through nursing staff or who? who no, you... it's, it's, been, it's been through care staff. Um, so we've worked with care at home staff and also staff in care homes okay. to help them engage with creativity in their work, <laughs> caring for people, mostly caring for people with dementia. Mm. 
Yeah, we're hopeful that more of that will come, although obviously NHS funding is a bit challenging at the moment as well. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Although, do you feel that the, um, you know, there's been a lot of, a lot of talk recently about, um, um, you know, health perspectives changing and, and GPs prescribing things like art and exercise rather than medicine. Mm. Do you feel like that's could potentially have a, a yeah. positive impact? They're very definitely, yeah. We, we, we've talked to one or two GPs along the way who, who are positive about um, that kind of social prescribing. And there has been some, some discussion facilitated um, through, is it through the Health and Social Care Alliance, I think, uh, about you know trying to promote the, the the concepts of you know social prescribing and engaging with creative things, engaging with the arts, and engaging with the environment as well. And we and we we've, we've certainly done some work that that uh, um, not so much referred by GPs as in, in the in the form of social prescribing, but work that we know we've gathered evidence that it's reduced people's use of health services because they've been able to use you know the work they've done with us to support themselves without without needing any kind of treatment so and we have been able to build some evidence there i think i think it's probably early days but, but we, we would hope to be able to use that evidence to you know, support the idea of more social prescribing I think. Mm. yeah it'll be really interesting to see how that does manifest yeah mm. hopefully in a good way yeah. Yeah. Um, just in terms of um, kind of stigma of mental health, do you feel like that's mm. for you? Do you feel like that's changed over time? Yeah, I think it's it's changing, but slowly. I think there's a more awareness that stigma is harmful. Um, there is still stigma. A lot of it's quite deeply seated and. Uh, quite a lot of the most damaging stigma is self-stigma which mm -hmm. there seems to be a bit of a time lag if, if, if we were able to reduce the amount of stigma that's out there in the environment um, it takes time before the people's personal reactions the way the way people turn that stigma in on themselves and become self-critical it takes longer for that to start to reduce but i see signs that it's improving um but i think there's still an awful lot to be done there mm -hmm. do you feel sometimes i'm just thinking of what you said where there was a performance that took place at eden court theater and that being a um i don't know just mm -hmm. a, a different place for a performance like that you know a community mm. performance like that to happen yeah. and that that was a a kind of unusual thing to happen do you feel um mm. that 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 sort of divide between that type of um environment i suppose and then that performance opportunity mm. is I feel like, um, sorry, I'm not describing this question very well. Um, when I was studying community arts a long time ago, um, there was like, we talked about kind of high art and low art. 
and community art was like the low art. Mm -hmm. But I feel now mm -hmm. that there's maybe a better um, relationship between, um, you know, high theatre, like, like any theatre, I suppose, mm -hmm. um, and that there may be sort of learning from each other in some ways or or getting something creative mm -hmm. from from the yeah. different um don't know if you do you feel that that's a that's maybe um having an impact yeah, on the stigma yeah. as well mm. i think it does i, I think because the, the the idea of being able to perform at a place like eden court and we've managed it a couple of times is about people seeing the value of what they're doing. So actually seeing it's going on a public stage, people are paying to come and watch it. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the project I described earlier on, we, we had about 100 people paid to come and watch that. And that's the, 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 the sort of self-affirmation for the participants was, was incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. But there's another example where I, where I think it's a good example of the stigma being almost kind of swept away, at least on a temporary basis. We had an exhibition, I talked about the, um, the Creative Brains project where we'd created these kind of models of the head and people filled them with, with what they wanted in their own heads. We put an exhibition on, I don't, I don't know if you know Eden Court well, but you've got the yeah, first floor there for uh, gallery area where the, um, yeah, yeah. So you've got that floor area with the bar outside and the and the and the, the entrances to the uh, to the Empire Theatre, and we put the exhibition on up there, and there was a big show on. I can't remember what, but it was a full house um, of, of people on there, and a huge amount of interest in the exhibition when they came out for their break and when they were going in when they were coming out. At the end of the performance was really I mean, it was unexpected. Um, and there, there was no reticence there at all. People really wanted to understand what the project was about and they enjoyed the art. Uh, and, and again, the feedback we got from members of the public there, when we shared that feedback with the creators, with the participants, that was incredibly powerful too, because again, they were seeing that just a regular member of the public really values the art that they've created. So I think in, you know, there, there's, you really did have the almost like the low art next, like bang next door to each other and no apparent walls between them at all. Mm -hmm. That sounds great. Sounds really positive. Do you have to, um, you know, just for your, your funding and things, do you, is that part of trying to, um, you know, have kind of outcome measures and how do you, I mean, that speaks for itself, mm -hmm. how, how positive a project is, <laughs> but how do you, um, yeah, do you need to sort of justify your funding? And, because, yeah. It's easy to justify afterwards because we, we always manage to get some really good outcomes measured and demonstrated. The difficulty is at the beginning when we're trying to attract the funding, because we take this approach where the participants determine the outcome and we don't. We can't go to a fund and say, this is what we're going to do. These are the outcomes we're going to see and therefore we'd like your money to do it. 
we, 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 we go into them and say, well, look, we've got this idea. We've got a group of people we want to work with. We don't yet know what they want to do because that's going to be the first stage of the project. So it's much harder to get funding um, from most organisations um, without, without a sort of a, a, a document that lists your outputs, you know. Yeah, I can imagine. I think the, the important thing about what we're doing is it isn't about so much the outcome, mm. it's about the process, and it's the process that is, that is most valuable there. And that's a really difficult thing to send, sell to a funder. Mm. And I wonder if that, will ch that um, understanding and perspective will change with social prescribing, because that's what you know, it's all about the process, isn't it? All mm. about a, a person-centred yeah, approach. It, it, so it'll be, it'll be interesting. Maybe, yeah. mm. Something to hope for, certainly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How have things been over over the last six months for for you all yeah, and, and projects well, and things? Um, We've surprised ourselves actually because all of our work before lockdown was face to face and of course that's not possible at the moment so we've switched into creating or to making creative kits that we can send out to people uh, some of them we've been commissioned to do zoom based creative sessions based on the kits and those have been very successful but sometimes we just sent a kit out with instructions uh, and the, the, the kit will be designed to uh, have maybe half full days of creative activity. Uh, and they've better been successful. We've not been able to keep up with demand for them because they're all, they're all hand cranked and, uh, and, and personalised. So there's been a lot of beavering away creating these kits. But it's, uh, it's, we've surprised ourselves that, you know, how active we've been able to be uh, but there hasn't been a need to furlough anybody um and we i mean we work with a lot of freelance creative people and we've been still been able to engage them quite a lot as well that sounds great what kind of kits when you say they're personalized well, what, what? Uh, i mean the, the, really, they're 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 about exploring a theme. So, for um, some that that use sort of pirates, if you like, as a, as a as a as a starting point, and we provide the materials. We provide maybe some blanks, and we we help people to just explore their imagination around the theme of, say, pirates. Or there was one kit we did for younger people with themed around princesses. Um, but it's, it's really, um, it's about a kit full of all the materials you might need for a creative project and some ideas for the theme that you might follow of a creative project. But again, allowing people's own imagination to drive where that takes them. That sounds great. I'm just I'm just thinking about other challenges that you might have. Just the geographical nature of where you are in the Highlands. Mm -hmm. Are your is your target mm -hmm. audience? You know something like that. The kits I could imagine that you can send out to wherever somebody would want one. 
do you mm-hmm. do you feel like you're yeah. targeting um you know more rural communities as well as mm. as well as sort of you know inverness area yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean we we was we're highland based but we do work across well, work all over the world actually but most of it is highland based uh, and yeah, quite a lot of it is rural so people living in isolated circumstances particularly with the kits has, 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 been, a, has been a particularly uh, sort of uh, target audience but uh, um, really we, we're um, we, we, we're working with anybody that, that Kind of reaches out to try and to try and work with us mm. um so there isn't a particular area that, that that we that we that we aim for a lot of our you know going back to sort of pre-lockdown the the face-to-face creative projects are all highland based but we do a lot of uh, the, the 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 courses we run to help other people use the creative techniques that we use they've been run um you know, down as far south as brighton We've run a course, and um, we've done some work in um, engaging with people in Japan and uh, Indian America as well. And that's really based on, uh, I guess, our reputation getting out there. Um, that isn't necessarily stuff we've sought out. It's, it's, it's been opportunities mm-hmm. that have found us. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So just people who are looking to set up something similar where they are and and mm-hmm. getting yeah. the training and skills for yeah or, or even just individuals who want to uh engage more positively with creativity as part of their work mm-hmm. so people in healthcare settings perhaps and that sort of thing mm-hmm. that sounds well, actually the, the other the other sort of type if you like of person that are artists who want to use their art in a in a therapeutic way or in a supportive way yeah mm-hmm. so you you mentioned a wee bit there how people getting in touch with you do you feel like you at times need to go and try and find people or do you do you find that it's it's the other way around you know you're saying that that it's the people that decide what what you're gonna what they want to initiate and develop um how do you you know if you do need to try and find people target a certain audience Mm -hmm. do you do you need to do that at all or do you find that they're coming to you yeah to, to some extent yeah it, it's usually done through other organizations who work with those people so mm-hmm. i mentioned birchwood highland obviously a mental health care charity uh we've done work with high life highland we, we there's a a um a self-management group for long-term conditions in highlands called uh, <coughs> excuse me called let's get on with it together that they've engaged with us to uh to, to do some work with people who use their services as well. So mostly when we're working with a new group of people, it'll be through another organisation that, that uh, and another organisation we've done some work with uh, through the lockdown is uh, Connecting Carers. Uh, we're there, we're working with people who care for others, um, uh, particularly home carers and family carers in that case. Thank you. 
how do you feel, what, what, how do you see things changing in the next sort of five to ten years in, in connection with mental health and the arts? Mm. What would you like to, to see happen? I, I think, well, I certainly hope that we'll see more, well, it's really a number of different things, actually. One is we'll see more use of the arts to support people, uh, to help people communicate what life is like for them with mental health problems. Um, most importantly, I would like to see mainstream arts depicting mental health themes more often and sensitively, um, particularly things like, you know, the mainstream films, mainstream theatre, um tv the, you know any 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 really any medium that in, people engage with uh, uh, that depicts real life or <laughs> as close as you get to real life in a film say but actually the you know the mental health themes being more sensitively depicted and um you know that becoming a vehicle to reduce the stigma um I mean, you know, sort of go take taking film as an example. You could go back to the, I think it was the fifties, is it Psycho, the film, where um, you know the depiction of mental health there really was very damaging, and you would hope that a film today depicting the same theme might be a very very different thing. Um, certainly, films like. Um, uh, I can't remember the name now. The um, we need to talk about Kevin. Uh, that, those kind of films, where mental health issues are depicted much more sensitively, are becoming more common now, and, and that's something I hope continues. Mm. Yeah, and just going back to um, how mental health is talked about with younger people, you know, I think there is. Mm. Um, just I, I work with children now and I've got three kids and mm -hmm. I think the just going forward you know I think that they they are more aware and it's talked about more possibly just in schools generally mm. I, I think it's, it's definitely an, yeah. an yeah. issue that is is talked about more um you know it's in the curriculum kind of mm. thing that they're yeah, I mean, um, yeah, you, you have uh, you know core subject in the curriculum covering uh, well-being generally, uh, and through my work with Samaritans, we're often invited into schools to facilitate sessions, really talking about uh, emotional resilience and and those kind mm -hmm. of issues, and and uh, and you know I've, I've found that the, the 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 quality and the depth of discussion we have with youngsters is much, much better than it would ever have been in my, <laughs> my, my teenage years where that kind of thing would have been swept under the carpet. Anybody who was having difficulties would be a, an object of ridicule. And uh, so I think we've, you know, in, in the case of young people talking about, uh, about these kind of subjects, we've come an awful long way. I was uh, a conversation earlier on this morning with somebody who's been doing a project at uh, Inverness High School around self-harm. And again, you know, the, uh, the, the, the ways people are expressing themselves, um, and, and that project was largely expressed through creative writing, um, is 
and, and you know, dis, you know, depicting their own issues openly like that is 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 incredibly powerful, and certainly not something you'd have seen twenty or thirty years ago. So yeah, I'm really hopeful for the future of this, the current generation of, of of youngsters when they become adults. I'm really hopeful that they will bring a tide of change along with them. Mm. So am I. Yeah, that sounds really positive. Mm. Um, is there any anything that you want to to talk about or the, to tell me about Keith that you've that we've not that I've not asked you about any particular project or person or memory and you know anything that you'd like to to talk about i think the only other theme we haven't really talked about where the arts and mental health can work together is about using the arts as a source of discussion and it kind of you know touches on the on the the stigma reduction perhaps but uh you know, using the arts as something to facilitate a discussion around a theme of mental health. I mean, we've we've certainly done that. We've sought to do that with some of the performance work that's been done, either either through the theatre performances or through film shows and 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 the like, uh, where we try to get the audience to stay on afterwards and actually start discussing things and to try and take that discussion out into the community we, we, we've done it through media as well where uh, you know where, where we've had the mental health arts festival uh, we've managed to get some some of the local uh, print media engaged in in starting you know discussion through through their pages as well and i think that's a really powerful um tool in the in the stigma reduction mm, that's really interesting well it's lovely talking to you keith keep well and uh yeah, nice to see you as well, Sarah. Yeah. yeah. Okay, bye for now. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye.